You're listening to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, a podcast created by supporters for supporters of the Austin Elite, a major league rugby team located in Austin, Texas in the United States. We are not officially affiliated with the Elite. We are merely big supporters of the club and the sport of rugby. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm a former rugby player and a longtime rugby fan who wanted to bring weekly updates on the team, the matches, supporter events, and to do what I can to teach more people about the game of rugby. As a disclaimer, content may occasionally contain explicit language, as I do not censor the podcast in the interest of time and full effect. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm your host. And honestly, I am so happy that you've come back for the second podcast. Actually, I'm really happy and grateful for the amount of support and encouragement I got after the first one. I didn't think it would go over very well. Uh, I've never done a podcast before. But I just got so much support and so much positivity. I said, sure, why not do another one? (laughs) Like I said in the first podcast, our goal is to educate new rugby fans here in Central Texas. We want to bring the players and we want to bring the team closer to the fans. And then also we're going to tell you some more things that are going on with the supporters club. I think this episode is really great. We're going to go back and talk more about some of the things that you've asked me to talk about in our Rugby 101 class. We're also going to talk with someone very special for the team. I'll give you some more details on that a little bit later. And then we're going to talk about the great games coming up here this weekend in Austin. We have both the Austin Elite playing on Friday and USA versus Brazil in the ARC coming up on Saturday at Dell Diamond. As you can see, it's a jam-packed show with a lot of things to talk about, so let's get right to it. If you remember, by signing up and listening to this podcast, you're subjecting yourself to a little bit of education. So grab your pen and paper. It's time for the latest class of Rugby 101. Before I start this week's topic of Rugby 101, I was called out last week. And I mean called out in the nicest way. I appreciate the fact that we have a lot of knowledgeable fans of rugby in the supporters group. And the one I'm going to give credit to right now is Montana Fox. Last week, Montana wrote on the Facebook page, I had forgotten one of the ways that you can actually score. And I didn't post it last week. Last week, I said there were three ways to score in rugby. There are actually four. And Montana was kind enough to let me know that I had forgotten to comment on. That I'd forgotten to mention how you score by drop goal. 
a drop goal is kind of what it sounds like. Now you get three points for a drop goal, much like the kick for post or kick for points as resulting in a penalty. However, a drop goal happens during the normal run of play. The person attempting a drop goal must actually bounce the ball off of the turf and kick the ball through the uprights. Now, if that sounds difficult, well, it's because it is. It's not attempted a lot because it is something very tough because you are running at full speed and you are trying to drop the ball on the ground, have it bounce up and kick the ball at the same time. You can imagine how tough that'll be. So, Montana Fox, thank you very much. I appreciate you and I appreciate the support. For those of you that didn't listen to the last episode, we start every podcast off with a little bit of education. We put a poll out there in the Facebook group asking people what they wanted to learn next about the game of rugby. So in this class of Rugby 101, we're going to learn more about those penalties and laws. Why does the whistle blow? That's kind of the main question that people ask me when I sit down in the game who have maybe never seen a rugby game before. For anyone not familiar with the finer points of the laws of rugby, and they're called laws for a specific reason, but that goes into the history of rugby, that's an education for another class of Rugby 101. So sometimes it can be hard to tell why the referee has stopped play for what we call infringements. What I want to do is I want to look at some of the most common reasons why the whistle blows. Alongside the signal, you'll see the referee make kind of different gestures during the play. One of the most common signals that a ref will make is extending one arm out to one particular side. Now, advantage is applied or can be applied to either minor infringements, such as a knock-on, which we'll discuss in a moment, or offenses which would result in a penalty, such as offsides or an illegal tackle. The decision is made by the referee as to whether there may be some more benefit to the non-offending team to continue the play. Basically meaning that if the referee deems the play to be an advantage for the team and we'll see where it goes, say the defending team was offsides, the attacking team will have advantage and can continue to play forward until they get stopped or the referee deems that they could not gain any advantage by moving the ball forward. Once the referee deems that there is no advantage, the referee will then blow his whistle and bring play back to the location where the original infringement took place. Now, I know that sounds very technical. In a short summary, an advantage is played when one team makes a minor penalty against the other and the referee continues to allow play to proceed without blowing his whistle for the actual penalty itself. So if you're watching the game on television, or if you're at the game itself, you may have heard people talk about a knock-on. And you may ask yourself or ask the people next to you, what is a knock-on? A knock-on, or a knock-forward, is a penalty that occurs when a player in tackling or attempting to tackle an opponent, makes contact with the ball, and the ball goes forward off of their hands. So what does that mean? That means that 
if someone is running towards me and I'm defending and the ball falls out of their hands or in a tackle, the ball leaves their hands forward and hits the ground or hits me, that player with the ball has committed a knock-on. The result of a knock-on is a scrum down. And we will talk about scrum downs another time. When the knock-on penalty is committed, the referee will gesture with his hands, usually raising one hand over his head and moving his arms back and forth, left to right. That is the signal for a knock-on. Another version of the knock-on, or the knock-forward, is also the forward pass. The forward pass is exactly what it sounds like. The receiver of the pass was not behind or parallel with the thrower of the ball, resulting, again, in a penalty. The gesture that the referee will make for a forward pass is taking both of his arms and moving them from usually left to right to indicate the pass was moving forward, usually moving his arms away from his body. The next penalties I want to talk to you about are the failure to release the player or the ball. After a player is tackled, the tackler must immediately release the ball carrier and the ball carrier must immediately release the ball. Failure on either one of these counts limits a fair contest for possession in the ruck. If a release does not occur within a reasonable amount of time, the referee will award a penalty to the non-offending team. For a failure to release the player, this means that the defense tackled the player and that the tackler remained in contact with the player attempting to steal the ball, all while the attacking team had players pushing over top of the tackled player to form the ruck. If the ruck is formed and the tackler does not release the player, it is a penalty on the tackler. This is failure to release the player. The gesture that the referee will make for failure to release the player is usually holding both hands up with bald fist in front of him and moves both arms out and in, sort of like he's playing an accordion. That's the easiest example I can give you. The failure to release the ball penalty is the opposite of the failure to release the player penalty. In this situation, the attacking player's teammates have not been there to support him and form the ruck. Given that the defensive player has now attempted to steal the ball, if the attacking player who is on the ground does not release, it is a penalty against him for not releasing the ball. The gesture that the referee will make is usually both of his arms crossed around the wrist and pulling down towards his waist as though he's doing some pull-ups. I hope that's a good example of what that actually looks like, but it's pretty close. The next penalty we have is called failure to roll away. Any players on the ground in a ruck or in a mall must immediately roll away as soon as they've gone to the ground. This allows the continuity of the play for the team in possession. Failure to do so will result in the award of a penalty to the non-offending team. An example for this would be the defending team tackling a player and laying on top of the player and not attempting to get out of the ruck. The gesture that the referee would make is one arm out to his side and 
moving his hand in kind of a circular motion with his arm straight out. These are some of the basic and most common penalties that occur in the sport of rugby. Now, I know that's a lot to digest. If you have questions, just leave a comment. I'm sure I'll find it and I can answer it in a timely manner or in another episode of Rugby 101. Now, there are other penalties that do occur in rugby, and some more in-depth explanations are probably needed for those. So I think this is going to be a good place to stop. There's a lot of stuff that we've talked about as far as the penalties. We now know what a knock-on is. We know that you cannot lay on top of somebody in the ruck, and you will be penalized if you do not roll away. Of course, there are more penalties to the game, but I think this will give you a good basis to start on when you're sitting there watching the game on television or at Dell Diamond, and the referee blows his whistle, you now have a basic understanding of the penalties of rugby. And you got it right here in your second class session of Rugby 101. Every week we want to bring players and teams closer to the fans. It's only fitting that we have an important person for the Austin Elite as our first guest ever. That said, I'm happy to welcome Captain Ben Mitchell to the podcast. Ben, welcome. Hi, Dustin. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Yourself? Very good. Uh, just finished up training for today. So, uh, yeah, just let's have a relaxing evening. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Ben, we're excited to have you here. Um, the Austin Elite fans really just want to know a little more about you. Um, so kind of starting with that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, like where you're from, maybe how long you've been playing rugby, where you played before joining the Elite, a little et cetera. Just get that background of who Ben Mitchell is. Yeah. So um, I was born in, uh, I was actually born in the UK. I was born in Nottingham in England um, and moved to Ireland uh, when I was six years of age. Um, to County Cork. So that's the south of Ireland for anyone that's not too familiar with the geography of Ireland. Um, so yeah, moved to Ireland when I was six and then pretty much started playing rugby from the age of six um, with the local club side. Uh, played through the local club side into high school, um, which starts a bit earlier in Ireland. It starts at 12 or 13 in Ireland. And then play with my high school side throughout you know, throughout my six years of high school in Ireland and then onto a men's side. Well, so I actually went, played, um, played, it was a university side, but we played in like the National Men's League, um, the university in Cork called UCC or University College Cork. So yeah, played, played for another six years there and then ended up in Austin. So, so you went, you went straight from Ireland over here to Austin? Pretty much, yeah. So um, I'd spent some time in the States, um, just a couple of summers in the States, traveling around and actually played a bit of rugby up in um, in Aspen in 2016 or 2017. Um, and yeah, got spotted oh, nice. up at Ruggerfest and sort of got offered a contract by Austin through playing in Ruggerfest up in Aspen. Uh, summers ago. Oh, yeah, that's spectacular. So now, Ben, there are a lot of new fans of the game of rugby here in Central Texas. 
in the simplest way possible. <laughs> can you tell them what position you play and what that position's main role is on the pitch? Um, so the position I play is second row or lock, as a lot of Americans uh, call the position. Uh, so basically, as a second row, my main responsibilities would be, well, firstly, I'm in the second line of the scrum. So in a scrum, you've obviously got the front row, which is the front three guys. And then behind that, you've got two other guys, which is the second row. So we have, obviously have a pretty important role in the scrum. And then second rows tend to be the taller players, I guess. Um, so we also get lifted up in the lineouts. Um, yeah. Second row is a lot of people would usually class second row as sort of like where the donkey work is done, where all the top work is done. Um, I like to think I've got a bit more to my game than just the front stuff. But <laughs> so, so, so you're the, you're the, you're the load bearer of the team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. So, you know, obviously being one of the taller guys on the team, uh, what would you say the average yeah. height of a of a second rower lock is for those who are kind of new to rugby? Yeah, um, probably six six or six seven. Um, I mean, that might be the average height in this league might be a bit smaller compared to other professional leagues around the world. But yeah, most guys are coming in at like six, five, six, six. Sure. Well, that's uh, that, that's pretty, that's pretty tall in comparison. What's that? Sorry. I said, that's pretty tall in comparison to some of the other guys we see on the field sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess <laughs> a lot of us, we'd have a similar sort of body size to a, like a tight end in football, like pretty tall and athletic. Yeah. Perfect. So I also want to kind of chat with you a little bit about the season so far, right? It's, it's been tough a little bit this season, yeah. some hard fought battles, close games. And, and we've, you know, we've talked about it, you know, as, as a supporters group and really as, you know, major league rugby fans in general, everyone has their opinion on what is or isn't clicking, but I really wanted to ask you, like, you know, how do you feel the last few games have gone? Um, Honestly, it's been incredibly disappointing um, from a re results point of view. Um, you know, the league is obviously, compared to last year, the league is, the standard of the league is a lot higher this year. So, like, the, the margins of error are pretty small. Um, you know, we've been, particularly the first three games, like, we were in the game for 70, 75 minutes, and it literally came down to a kick of a ball, you know. Um, so, yeah, you get... You get punished for making small errors in this league and, and you know, the margins of, of victory are very fine. Um, so while it's been disappointing, you know, there's still been some positives to take away. You know, I think our defense has been really good in the first four games. Uh, we probably made a couple of bad tackles that let them in for tries um, against Glendale. But, you know, in general, our defensive shape and structure has been good. So that's definitely one positive we've been taking away from the first four games. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that we've seen, you know, a lot. You know, you talk about the first couple of games and, you know, the game against Houston, obviously close until the end. And the game, you know, against Utah, that was a hard fought battle through and through. Um, you know, it seems as though the defense has been pretty good for the most part in each one of these games. You guys have really you know, buckled down and, and held in some tight situations and then Obviously, a little bit tough time every now and then with the offense, especially uh, really in that final third. So how do you address this for the game coming up against San Diego this week? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I think a big thing for us to focus on is just being more clinical. Um, you know, I think we're finding that we're getting into 
you know, score. We're, we're having quite a lot of scoring opportunities in games, but we're not necessarily finishing them off. Um, you know, we're getting down into the opposition's 22 and not coming away with the points enough. Um, so, yeah, I guess the best way to sort of address that is, you know, it starts at training. Everything starts at training during the week and, you know, we've got to catch more balls. And when we're training through our phases and our structures, we've got to, you know, when we're down at the line, the imaginary try line, I guess, we've got to be more accurate and concentrate that extra bit higher. Yeah. So how do you think, you know, obviously we, we talked about it, you know, uh, kind of offline before we started the podcast. So, yeah. and we were talking about a little bit in the discipline, um, you know, talking about penalties and stuff that have happened. What are some of the things that you guys do to really improve you know, some of those discipline issues? You know, not really getting any, um, you know, those, those close penalties in, as you called it, near that imaginary try line. You know, what do you do to improve the discipline before the before this game on Friday? Uh I guess you uh, you sort of ask the coaches to sort of referee, um, you know, referee training sessions where, say, we might be doing defensive drills in a training session and you simply ask the coaches to referee the offside line, stuff like that. You know, be really strict about not giving away penalties and having more discipline. Um, it's definitely been a problem area for us across the first few games and it's something we're really trying to address in training and work on from week to week and try and improve on it. You know, it's an, it's an area that's really cost us and um, it's something we ref definitely need to improve on as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I understand that. You know, I think it's as part of the supporters group, we, you know, we're there at the games and we're watching you and we really see, you know, when you're getting down close, it almost feels like it's, it's, we're just on the cusp and being just on the cusp of those tries every time, um, and not coming across, you may, you know, may or not, it may cost us sometimes. So, um, we understand that with, with San Diego playing so tough right now, and I, I believe they're second in the league at this particular juncture. Um, how do you feel about the matchup coming in against the Legion this week? Yeah, they're obviously a really good side. Um, we played against them a couple of times last year. They have, they've had a few new guys in, um, from what I've seen, but they're pretty similar to how they were last year. Um, they've obviously got a very dangerous back line. Um, their number 10 in particular is a really good player. Um, but I mean, we've kind of been not focusing on them too much during the week. We've been more focusing on ourselves and, um, sure. yeah, I think it's important that we focus more on ourselves rather than the opposition. Obviously you're going to be looking at their line outs and stuff like that during the week. But I think at the moment it's, we're beating ourselves rather than the opposition are beating us and. You know, a lot of the focus this week in training has been on what we're actually doing as a team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hear you on that. So with the game on Friday coming up at seven o'clock at Dell Diamond, and then of course the U.S. playing the day after, what have you got to say to a lot of the fans that are thinking about coming out or for those new fans that maybe haven't been out to a game yet? Um, yeah, I just strongly encourage as many people to get out as possible. Um, I think there's obviously a lot of people in the area that are probably not, haven't been exposed to rugby, uh, particularly at a higher level. They might've seen club rugby or, you know, college rugby or schools rugby even. Um, yeah, I'd encourage as many people to come out as possible. Um, from anyone that I speak to that's been to the games, you know, they really enjoy it. Um, particularly guys, people that are new to rugby that I've spoken to, you know, they've had a really great time at the games and yeah. 
I just strongly encourage um, people to come out and particularly if they haven't seen the game before, I think they'd be really surprised on how much they enjoy they would enjoy the event and enjoy the physicality of rugby and everything that comes along with that. I, I can't agree with you more on that one. And I think that's part of our goal right now as a supporters club is to get more people out to the game, to to educate them as much as possible and to, and to really grow the sport here in central Texas. Uh-huh. So Ben, we've, we've had a couple minutes to chat. What we have now is more of a rapid fire question. So we're going to take about a minute here. I'm yeah. going to ask you some very quick questions. First thing that comes to your mind, just let us know. Uh, we, we won't ask you anything too, too probing. I don't think that's really fair, but um, no. are you ready? Yes, I think so. All right. Here comes the first question. We're going to start down with our countdown. First question is favorite city in the world. Um, Aspen, Colorado. Uh, player you idolized growing up. Ooh, uh, Alan Quinlan. He's a, he was a flanker for Munster. Okay. Favorite music genre and artist. Ooh, probably hip hop. And my favorite artist would be, ooh, that's a tough one. There's too many, too many <laughs> to pick one. On that. Yeah. yeah. Teammate most likely to lock his keys in the car. <laughs> uh, Chris Shade. <laughs> Chris Shade. Uh, late night snack you can't say no to. Uh, milk and cookies. Position you want to play if Coach Allen wouldn't let you or would let you. Fullback. If you would win a reality TV show, what w- would it be? Dancing with the Stars, Top Chef, or American Idol? Top Chef. Top chef. <laughs> uh, that's good. So that's that explosion was the end of the countdown there. I had one more, but uh, we, we won't ask you who your favorite teammate is. That's uh, that's a little bit cheating there. <laughs> we, we, we don't want to get you in trouble with the rest of the team. Hey, Ben, we uh, we do greatly appreciate you being the first person on the podcast. Uh, when I wanted to interview somebody for the podcast, you know, I thought who better to start with than the captain of the team. Um, you know, we, we look forward to seeing you out there. We look forward to, uh, to cheering you guys on this weekend against the Legion. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get that W this week and, and go on to, to next week. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Dustin. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all the supporters that have come out, uh, so far. Um, it definitely helps a lot when you're on the field and you have, you know, a, a crowd that's kind of encouraging and uh, shouting and making as much noise as possible. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it as players to see, see that each week. That sounds good, man. We appreciate it. Thanks much. Thank and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Yeah, see you on Friday. Thank you, Dustin. As part of the podcast, I like to recap some of the things that happened in last week's game. On Sunday, Austin hosted the Glendale Raptors. And as every game has gone so far this year, it was a tough battle. I mean, if you haven't seen social media recently in the past couple days for Major League Rugby or for the Austin Elite, you're missing out on some highlights that may make you cringe by how hard some of those hits were. There was a hit by Josh Larson that I thought that he got knocked out, but in turn, it looked like the Glendale player got his bell rung a little bit. 
there was a run by Kyle Breitenbach that, I mean, sheer power. And when he ran over that <laughs> Glendale player, I think you can see everybody in the crowd just get taken back with astonishment by how far back that Glendale player flew. There were some glimmers of some fantastic playing. Penny had a great move down the wing that led to a Ben Mitchell try. And that was voted number five try of the week. And a number three try of the week this week for Major League Rugby was Rikus Zwart. And Rikus carried, I think, half of the Glendale team on his back over the try line. However, once again, we've come up short. We lost the match 24-13. We, we had chances to attack. We took an early 3-0 lead with 12 minutes into the game through Andres Villaseca hitting a penalty. However, Glendale just kept going and kept pushing and kept pushing. They got a try, 7-3. And then, of course, there were multiple opportunities for us after penalties, but the Raptors... Man, they just got three penalties in a row by Austin. And the ball went out wide, and then Harley Davidson scored a try in the right corner for a 12-13 to 13 lead. However, Austin came right back through that Rikus Zwart try, and that cut the lead to 12-8 to eight to Glendale. Going into halftime, the game looked really good. We looked like we were really starting to fire on all cylinders. We looked like we were controlling, you know, much of the possession until the break where, you know, the Raptors controlled most of that first 20 minutes. We got into the second half then. And Glendale, they just seemed to kick it into a different gear. And they scored a try early, giving them a 19 to 8 lead. And Austin, you know, we missed scoring opportunity after scoring opportunity, I think. We had a 5-meter lineout throw that went incredibly long into the hands of Glendale. There were more opportunities. Michael Romero had a great grubber kick right through the Glendale line. However, it just didn't bounce our way. And the ball bounced off the post padding and resulted in a five-meter scrum to the Raptors. And of course, lack of discipline and shooting ourselves in the foot happened again, and the Raptors were able to clear. And as soon as they cleared, they were right back at it again after an offload by Brendan Daly. Peter Dahl ended the try in the right-hand corner, giving them a 24-8 to lead. We nearly dodged another bullet when Austin committed a penalty on the 5-meter line, really put us under some serious pressure, but when Glendale was attempting to try the ball down, they lost the ball forward. We really showed some, some spark towards the end of the match, too, when Penny broke free, through one fake and then offloaded to Ben Mitchell for a try to cut the lead to 24 to 13. However, it was in the final minute. It was a great move and we really had two great tries. The unfortunate thing is we've come up short once again. For Glendale, they get a bonus point with the four tries and that's their first one of the season. And for us, we've started the season 0 and 4 at home. That's tough. And I know that it's hard for some people and some people were upset, but we're showing glimmers of really fantastic play. 
we shored up our lineouts, and the scrum was much better this week than it was last. But once again, we have handling errors, and we have penalties that are causing some serious problems in the opponent's 22. This Friday, we've got San Diego coming into town. They're 3-1, and one, and they look really tough. I hope the team can get together this week in practice and training and really focus on some of those issues that we continue to see. Now, we saw some great improvements in the scrum and in lineouts and from our forwards this week. However, I think that this week it was the backs that hurt us a little bit more. And I just felt that while handling was much better in the forward line, that our backs, when we were getting the ball out wide, the Glendale players just seemed to be up on us almost instantly. And I didn't feel like we were getting good space and good movement with the ball out on our wings. And giving it to players like Reese or Penny, they can really change a game in just about one step. I mean, we saw Penny do it, and I think he only got the ball about two or three times in the second half. So here's to hoping that we can rebound this week and that we can get all cylinders to click and fire correctly and that this week, the team puts together that truly great game we all know that they're capable of. That being said, man, do we have a big weekend of rugby here in Austin. Friday night at 7 o'clock Central Time, the Elite welcome the San Diego Legion to Dell Diamond. Then, on Saturday, Austin welcomes the America's Rugby Championship to the area, where USA will play host to Brazil in the third round of the competition. It looks to be an exciting weekend for rugby here in Central Texas. We hope that you're able to make it out to both games to support the lads. To close out this week's podcast, I want to give a special thanks to all the people who joined us on Sunday for our pregame tailgate. If you're unable to make it, you missed a lot of things. You missed meeting other members of the supporters group. You missed good food and really good barbecue. But you also missed meeting the folks from Lake Austin Ales. They were out tailgating with us, sampling their amazing beer. And as someone who really enjoys a good pint, I can tell you this. They have some of the better tasting beer I've had in a while. So if you're in the Austin area, make sure you grab one of the Lake Austin Nails Juicy IPAs. You will not regret it. If you're looking for more podcasts about rugby and Major League Rugby specifically, you can go check out the guys over at Earful of Dirt. They put on a great program. And if you're looking for great summaries of all things rugby, especially Major League Rugby matches, make sure you go check out DJCoilRugby.com. That's all the time we have on this episode. The great news is that we are now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast from. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all the latest updates on Austin Elite Rugby. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page. You can just search for the Austin Elite Supporters Group. We're pretty easy to find. I look forward to seeing you all out at Dale Diamond on Friday for the Austin Elite match and on Saturday for the USA Rugby match. Thanks again. My name is Dustin, and we'll see you on the pitch.